Welcome to the Ramswriter Podcast. Into Lawrence. Oh, that is absolutely magnificent! Here is Jaden Bogle on the front foot. Bogle! It's devastating! Sibley. Louis Sibley takes it on! Oh! My goodness me! A star is born at Pride Park Stadium! It's Rooney! It's perfect! Hello and welcome to the Ramsar Podcast with me, host Simon. So, another week, another bit of drama. Um, Philip Koku has left the club via mutual agreement. Um, and it, I think there was a bit of inevitability about it, really, that was going to happen. And joining me today to discuss all of it is Rams fan Jake Barker. Jake, good evening. Welcome to the show. Are you well? Good evening. I'm, I'm very happy to be here. I'm very good, thank you. How are you? Um, spot on, mate. Absolutely spot on. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, Kaku gone. Inevitable. Happy about it. Should have been sooner. Shocked. What, what, what are your feelings? I think it's it's a mixture of all of those, isn't it? You know, I, I think everyone expected him to go. It had reached a point of no return, hadn't it? Because, you know, one win in 11 for, you know, just not even for a team like ours, just for any team, just isn't good enough. And, you know, um, he had a plan. You could see he had a plan for the future. And he just didn't have the time to pull it off. That's That's my thinking. Yeah, I think he did have a plan. Obviously, I think... I think any manager would have been sort of pressed to sort of try and have the plan that he had and, and, and be successful with. It. Obviously, I mean, obviously a lot of fans, you know, especially this season have been quite a bit toxic, I suppose, on social media, but you expect that really, you know, we don't get to let our emotions off in the ground. So it does come out on social media. Um, but all in all, I think when the announcement was made on Saturday, um, I think there's a lot of, I don't know, a lot of sort of sympathy for the man. You know, there's a lot of, I think, I think he gained a lot of respect from a lot of people because of everything he'd put up with. Cause it's not really been, an, um, you know, it's been no picnic, has it really? Let's be honest. No, no. You, you, I mean, you could see, you could see from, it, it was like, like an outpouring of grief sort of, cause you could tell a lot of people loved him. And, you know, I was one of those people, I was a big fan of him and I really, really wanted him to succeed. I think it was the fact that we never really, managed to have like we had a couple of games before lockdown where we looked really good but apart from that it never really seemed like we clicked and I think that sort of that feeling of what could have been is what's made people feel quite sad about everything to be honest yeah because I think I mean I've, I've been with you I've always been cocky I've always supported it. even when we we're going through shit times last season always thought you know he will turn this around and obviously he did you know it, yes it coincided with Wayne Rooney coming in um, but I think reading the article today from uh, Ryan from The Athletic, obviously Ryan's been on the show before. Um, I mean, have you, have you read the article? Um, uh, I've seen I've seen bits about it, yeah, about um, how they did, like the players weren't fit enough and, mm. and things like that. Yeah, I think it, it was quite revealing. It's a good read. Yeah, it, it is. I mean, I think the, the sort of players were, they sort of liked him. Um, but couldn't always get behind his philosophies and, and, and training methods and, and, and things like that, which is, which is fair enough, really. I mean, personally, 
that's your job. Your job is to go out there and play football and do what the manager asks you to do. Um, I mean, do you think some of the players have to sort of take some of the blame for, for Koku's sacking? Oh, 100%. I think, you know, with any manager sacking, the players have got to share a shoulder of the blame because even if, you know, even if the training isn't fantastic or something like that, or they don't really understand it as well, they've still got to put 100% in. And I think I'm, I'm not doubting the commitment of the players whatsoever. I'm sure they're 100% committed to the club. But it did look at times, whether it was a matter of fitness or something like that, you know, you look at the end of games and the way some players are just sort of jogging around the pitch because it was as if, Either they were absolutely exhausted or they just, you know, didn't want to run. You know what I mean? Yeah. But sometimes I... when you're, you're watching it and you can, sorry, <laughs> you can just, you can, it just doesn't feel like, you know, things are clicking. Mm. Yeah, I agree. I mean, especially this season, we've sort of, well, they might, how many times, how many games are ready to go 1 0 up and then end up conceding late on? Again, you know, yeah. lots of people, you know, we were all saying it at the time, you know, we're, we're not we're not pushing forward, you know, we're sitting too deep. Again, you know, when it comes out saying that they didn't feel they were fit enough, that, that they didn't fit the uh, pre-season regime made them fit enough, you sort of question that and think, okay, well, yeah, maybe that's why we sat back because Cocker knew these players weren't fit enough. But in a sense, should they have, you know, they all said, that, it was all said that during the lockdown, the players had to keep themselves fit. They all had programs that to keep themselves fit. I mean, I look at Tom Huddleston. He lost loads of weight and he looked trim as anything, you know, post lockdown. He didn't get to play, but he did look fit. Um, whether they all stuck to the regime, as, as difficult as it probably is when you're not playing games and you're just doing fitness for doing fitness work. Any sports person would tell you that you have your holiday, then you, you start running and it's boring and then you go back and you're like, yeah, anybody would tell you that. So yeah, fitness is, you know, whether it's Cocker's fault, whether it's players, you know, a bit of both, it's, it, it, I think it just mingles and it just rolls into one. Um, but I think one thing that Koku, you know, his legacy, and a lot of people will say, yeah, he, he won't have left much, you know, it'd be you know, the most boring football we played, et cetera, things like that. But I think a lot of it, a lot of his legacy will go down with how well he dealt with the car crash, quite literally, of a season last year. Um, you know, the sacking of, of his captain, the, the the charges for Mason Bennett and Tom Lawrence, the EFL on our case, you know, all that, everything he had to sort of cope with, he came out and fronted it up, you know, with, with dignity and decorum every single week. Um, and you have to have respect for him for that, surely. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, I think everyone everyone can appreciate how difficult the last sort of year and a half's been for us. And I, Philip Cocker has been a big part of you know us pulling through that, as you said, with the with the car crash. Um, that was massive. You know that that was it could have quite easily completely derailed the season. You know, you you lose Keo, who's your captain. You lose you know Tom Lawrence, who's one of our better forward players, and you lose Mason Bennett, who. You know, he'd, he'd hit form under Lampard and we're expecting him to push on. And, you know, with, with those three sort of key players missing and all the carnage going on around the club, he, I think he did really well last season just to sort of keep us even competitive because, you know, just before lockdown, we were still in with a shout of playoffs. Mm. So to see, to see that happen was really good. But then obviously you look then onto this season when we've had an opportunity to push on a little bit more you know, we've brought in some really exciting players. I know Ibe's not had a chance to play yet, but, you know, we've got Yushviak, who's looked brilliant since he's come in. 
and you know I think he deserves a lot more than he's got so far. Um, and you just you just think with these players and with the time you've had, there was a real chance to build something, and it's sort of it's it's ended up failing, and it's not been anywhere near what people would expect. And I think that's sort of that's what's led to him leaving and us being in the situation that we're in. Yeah, I mean, again, you've got to credit the man as well. You know, he, he wasn't sacked. Let's, you know, people say yeah, he was sacked. Yeah. He wasn't sacked. He, I think he knew that he couldn't do any more. Um, obviously, the chairman as well, Mel Morris, and rather than taking, you know, rather than getting sacked and taking a big payout, you know, he took a massive cut of what was owed mm. to him. And again, it just shows the character of the man. And I think one thing we can't forget, though, is how well the academy players have come on. You know, he set out to do that. That was one of it, you know, big part of his remit was to get, you know, academy players into the first team. And you look at the likes of who he brought in, you know, Max Bird obviously made him captain as well at one point. Again, obviously it's not sort of, you know, he's not really hit the ground running again this season like like we thought he would. But last season he was pivotal. Uh, Jason Knight, who is just amazing. <laughs> um, yeah. Insane. Lee Buchanan, another one. You know, England under-21s now. Louis mm. Sibley, again, we've seen sparks of what he can do and what he's all about. You know, all these players that he's brought through. I think uh, Jordan Brown's been in there. Hector Ingram's been there. I think Jack Stretton's now going to be pushing there. You know, Koku's got to take a lot of credit for this for, and for what he's done for them players. And, you know, he sort of shaped... He, he started to shape how Derby's future could, could potentially be. Yeah, I, I 100% agree. I mean... You know the players that he's brought through. I mean, if you think to the start of last season, um, would anyone have thought that Jason Knight at this point would be one of our you know better players? Same with Max Bird. You know, Max Bird didn't have the the best of games when he played against. I remember under Lampard, he played against Villa, and you know he really struggled. But then you look at him last season, and he was absolutely brilliant. And even players like you know Sibley's come in. He's it's it's weird to think he's really not played that many games but the impact that he's made when he's on the pitch is massive and for all these players to be of the age that they're at and making their impact the impact that they're making is it's ridiculous isn't it when you look at it and you're like oh he's 18 he's 19 he's 18 he's 19 and then all of a sudden the whole squad's full of people that age it's it's really impressive and it just highlights the really good work that both Koku the coaching staff and Darren Wassell did over the last year and a half definitely and this is the thing now, though. Koku's now obviously gone, uh, along with his coaches. So we've um, now, obviously, as reported, Wayne Rooney, Wayne, Wayne Rooney, Wayne Rooney, <laughs> Liam, Liam Rossini, Shea Given, and Justin Walker will now take over um, temporarily. Now, obviously, it, the media are pushing. Uh, Wayne Rooney to be Derby's next manager. Uh, there was another story coming out about saying that John Gregory is going to be with him. We all went, what? A load of shit. We all said it. We all went, no. And then I think John Percy wrote an article today um, who basically quashed that rumour. Um, so Jake then, Wayne Rooney, manager. Yes, no, maybe, potentially. What do you think? It's, it's a hard one, isn't it? It's one of those where you look at it like instantly, you're just like, nah, nah you, we probably shouldn't think about that. And I thought that, you know, the second the second Kaku left, I, I thought, no, Rooney can't be our manager. But then this might be quite controversial, but since then, I've been sort of thinking about it. And I, I read the article today um, about how we're looking to play, you know, attacking football. 
and you know all that sort of stuff i'm thinking who knows a manager you know that's as good at attacking football as sir alex ferguson yeah and wayne rooney spent years and years with sir alex and he must have picked up so much stuff that he could use you know not just from a, a coaching point of view but man management point of view and everything along those lines and i think that could give him a bit of an edge when it comes to getting the job because you know if if he sits down with the owners and he talks football and talks football and talks football mm. they'll definitely be impressed and i think that might be a reason why he ends up getting the job if especially if the next three games go well well th- this is it isn't it you know he's obviously going to be whether he's on the touchline or whether he's playing um obviously we'll see on <laughs> come saturday when we play bristol <laughs> but I think a lot of people sort of go, you know, when Frank Lampard came in, there was a bit of a buzz because they thought, yeah, you know, Frank Lampard, you know, England's probably greatest midfielder of all time. Um, mm. And then all of a sudden it's Wayne Rooney and we think, yeah, that man, you know, is, he, he doesn't come across very bright, very smart, anything like that, does he? And I think that's what puts people off. Now, obviously, reading the, reading the article in The Athletic, yeah, you know, he is interested in the job. He wants the job, which is fair enough. You know, he said all along he wants to get into management now. Yeah. And he wants to bring in and he wants to bring attacking football. Now, one thing that, you know, it, it was said that you know, Cock is true to motivate them. Rooney's not going to take any shit. You know, he will he will kick players up the arse. He will give the hairdryer treatment. You know, he's not afraid to do that. You know, he, he'll want them players to sit up and listen and respect him. And I guess that's one thing he's got going in his favour. And again, obviously you've touched on it as well with, you know, he played some of the best attacking football under Sir Alex Ferguson. You know, all you see, all, you hear all these players coming out, ex-players saying, yeah, he's got a really good footballing brain. That he yeah. knows football. He's, you know, um, I think uh, Ryan Giggs was saying he... When um when I think it was he Rooney would go into um the, into the manager's room and, and uh, with Giggsy and everything when Giggsy was doing his coaching stuff and want to learn you know want to learn yeah. all about coaching so yeah he's obviously got there's obviously a reason that he's going for it you know players just don't go I'm stop playing I'm going to be a manager that doesn't happen you know yeah. so he's got to have he's got to have some motivation about about want want wanting him to be a manager now. I don't personally think it would be a risk. Like obviously Lampard, you know, he let he, Chelsea came knocking, he went. I personally don't believe that Man United, if Derby do well, if Rooney's if Rooney's manager and Derby do well, I don't believe Man United would do the same thing. Oh, Ollie's Oli Gunnar Solskjaer is doing poor, Rooney's doing well, let's go get Rooney. I don't think they'll do that. Yeah. You yeah, know, I because agree. it's too much pressure. I, I believe I personally believe they'll go for someone like Pochettino. Obviously, a lot of fans here want to say, oh, we're going to be rich. Let's get Pochettino. It ain't going to happen. Let, let's be real. Um, so, yeah, the more I'm sort of reading articles on Wayne Rooney, the more I think, yeah, you know, possibly this guy could do a job. And obviously, his test stars at the weekend. Yeah. I think the big thing with Rooney as well with regards to him going to United is I think it was different with Lampard because Lampard came here as a manager. He had no connections to the club. You know, he'd never... It, obviously, he'd have played against us before, but he didn't. He didn't really connect with the club on an emotional level. And I think for Rooney, the fact that he's played for the club and you know he's been here for one for about a year now, mm. or almost a year, and you know you you do form some sort of emotional attachment with any club that you play for. So I think the fact that he wants the job, if he does get the job, I don't think he'd leave at the first port of call like Lampard did. But no, as as you said, you know this this weekend. 
and the next couple of weeks is a massive, massive test for him. And I think it, it, it might be a bit of a make or break for him getting the job, especially against a Bristol team that's really, really hit by COVID at the minute. Yeah, exactly. I mean, if it's not Rooney, I mean, we've seen all the names being banded about. Rafa Benitez, uh, John Terry, Steve Cooper's coming to the mix today. Um, both both managers, John Terry and Steve Cooper, both have been sort of um, touted today by John Percy, the Telegraph, that, yeah, they, they, they are possible replacements. Um, but there's, there's other managers. I think I've seen uh, Paul Cook, another manager I've seen. Um, Steve McLaren for another, for another time. Why not, eh? <laughs> You know, Big Sam, uh, Yukanovic, you know, all these managers. Uh, Eddie Howe, obviously, he's been banded yeah. about. The one thing I'll say about Eddie Howe, um, let's, we can't, we can't sugarcoat this, but obviously Forrest were without a manager, you know, um, mm. before Chris Hewitt came in. He didn't go there. Forrest had got money to spend, championship club, you know, failed on, you know, failed to get playoffs last day. You know, for a manager, it, it is an attractive job. You know, we might not think it yeah. is. <laughs> but for, you know what I mean? It's not, you know, for us, yeah. it's, not. It's, it's bollocks, you know, it, 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 crap, you know. <laughs> but for a manager, it is. And Eddie Howe didn't go there. I yeah. think he's out. I, I, I cannot see him coming to Derby. Would he be the right man for me? I don't know. I just, there's just something about him that I just don't think that he's as good as people make out. So, on that note, and all them names, Jake. <laughs> any any particular person that you would like it can be their names it can be someone totally out of the blue um who yeah. would you like to be our next manager oh that, that you know that's a, that's a hard question isn't it? um i think you've got to sort of balance uh what you want versus what we'll probably realistically get <laughs> so obviously i'm sure me you most derby fans will be pretty pleased if Rafa Benitez came in of course but at the same time you've got to think is Rafa Benitez going to come in and the answer is probably no yeah so I think realistically um one thing that's putting me off Eddie Howe is uh Jordan Ibe mm. because him and Eddie Howe really don't see eye to eye and I'd I'd feel pretty awful for him to be honest if Eddie Howe yeah. came in and he ended up being frozen out again but with regards to what manager I want coming in you know, Paul Cook, Paul Cook has a brilliant, brilliant CV. And I've seen his name sort of banded around a lot. He did quite a lot. It's, it's, I know it's in, you know, lower leagues. Or, well, not lower leagues as such, but you know what I mean? Yeah. Like yeah. League one and two. But he, he, he did some miracle jobs down there. And he was really, really unlucky with Wigan. Hmm. You know, he, it seems like he'd be quite a good fit for us as a club. Yeah. He seems um, a no-nonsense, like no-bullshit take yeah. out of manager, doesn't he? Yeah, and I think, uh, you know, I'm I'm not really into like you know like sort of football, <laughs> but I think it'd be it'd be very useful to have a manager that sort of he's got a proper stamp of authority, and he'll really push the players to give everything for the team. And I think in the position we're in, bottom of the league, that is what we need more than anything. So yeah, I'd, I'd probably say Paul Cook, but I think um, you know other managers like I, I think John Terry or Wayne Rooney. I think they do an all right job. I don't think I don't think they do amazing, especially not this season. No. But I think both of them would sort of they'd have the presence, they have the knowledge, and I think I think they'd bring a lot to the team. What so, about yeah, a combination I, of Rooney and Terry? Combina- yeah, bring them both in. Bring Look at that, you've in. got a defensive coach and an attacking coach. Just <laughs> <laughs> need someone in the middle. Field coach now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> got Shea Given goalkeeping, John Terry defensive, Rooney attacking. We just need that one in the middle. <laughs> bring Koku back. You know he's playing midfield. You know why not? <laughs> <laughs> 
got a full team at that point. Now, <laughs> <laughs> uh, who would you have? Who's your sort of man you're after? I don't know. I, like I say, Benitez is the dream. You know, he is. Yeah. He's the dream. You know, he, you think. You know, he, we saw obviously Newcastle. He went there. He couldn't save him from the Premier League. But he came as a championship, and he he took him straight back up. And let's yeah. be honest, that that Newcastle team, you know, it it was a different class. But yeah, I don't even think the players were you know overly amazing. Um, you yeah, know, let, let's think about it. You've got Dwight Gale who cannot score for Toffee in the Premier League, but championship, <laughs> he absolutely pisses it. You know, that's yeah. And and he and you know they played some really good football. Um, Again, I've mentioned McLaren before, but I'd rather have McLaren as a coach or a director yeah. of football. I think manager. I think obviously with Rooney, I think you know we I keep hearing these stories that you know he's got to have somebody that's got the badges. Well, McLaren's got the badges. You know, let let Rooney manage the top, let let Rooney manage the side, but let McLaren coach the side because yeah. we know what McLaren's like and attacking football. Um, you know, so me, I'd have him back for a third stint. You know, people, you know, go, you're mad and he's, he's had his chance, he's blowing it, etc. Um, But I think for me, again, you know, Paul Cork, you mentioned it there. It's a tough one because what do we want out of this season? At the end of the day, we're bottom of the league. Is playoffs really a reality this season? Um, probably not. However... Yeah, you know what I mean? So it's one of them, it's getting the right man at the right time. I, I, I personally sort of think the right, I, I, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't say no to John Terry. Um, yeah. I think he'd have the Lampard effect. I genuinely do. You know, especially with all the youngsters as well. They will, they will listen to him. And you know, look what he's done at Villa. You know, yes, he's been an assistant to Dean Smith, but look how they've turned, turned their, you know, their form around, you know, from being, yeah, saving themselves, you know, uh, from relegation last season to, you know, battery Liverpool 7-2 or whatever it was. Yeah. You know, they're, you know, Villa have turned themselves around. Yeah, they've spent a shed load of money, but obviously with, with this shake guy coming in, um, you know, obviously later on in the show, I'm going to talk to a guy um, who's going to tell me about the shake and about his worth and everything. You know, we, we, we're going to be hopeful of having some money. And so, yeah, I, I actually am leaning towards potentially, you know, John Terry. I just think it's going to be a tough ask. Yeah, getting us from the bottom. But I believe the squad we have doesn't replicate where we should be in the league, you know, because I, I personally believe we have got a really good squad. You know, you've got Scotland's number one, yeah. you know, David Marshall, absolute steal. You know, Nathan yeah. Burns coming to the side, who's been, in, you know, he's been unreal. Um, yeah. You know, Yuzviak, what a talent. Bielik, ten, eight million, ten million pound for Bielik. Yeah. There's a lot of strength in our squad, and I, I personally believe you get the right balance, you get play the right football. I think any man that comes in can, can turn our fortune. So, yeah, I might put it out. Actually, I'm going to say I, I quite happily, I quite happily take John Terry. Rafa Benitez is the dream, obviously, but realistically, <laughs> John Terry. <laughs> yeah, I mean, what do you think about the Steve, the Steve Cooper talks as well? Yeah, that's a weird one, isn't it? I think it's it's one of those that sort of come out of nowhere. And you, you wonder if it's just paper talk, but then it's Percy that said it. So, you know, he's, he's, he's usually pretty reliable. But I think it'd be a strange one. I think he does play quite nice football with Swansea. I think it sort of, it fits our sort of style of play that we've been playing. It's like our style of play, but a bit faster. Yeah. So I think it'd, it'd probably actually be quite good for us. But at the same time, are we really in a position to buy out another manager's contract? You know what I mean? Yeah. It, it, it's... it's 
it's just it's very difficult you know it's it, it probably cost a, a couple of million pounds to buy him out of his contract because i'm sure swansea won't be willing to take any hits on that oh no so, you know. I, yeah, I don't. I don't know why we do that with the other managers that are available. You know, all the managers that we've mentioned today. Mm. I, I'd, I'd rather take a gamble on someone unattached than pay quite a lot of money for someone who may or may not be successful. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, the only, you know, the only other thing about Steve Cooper is that you know the work he's done with youth players, you know, notably mm. England youth players. You know, yeah. So, but again, all this is this new, you know, new board going to come in and continue with the remit of, you know, where Mel Morris has said, you know, I want academy players in. Uh, probably not. No, um, no. You know, they'll, they'll, they, they've just brought a, a club and they're going to want Premier League football and they're going to want a return on their, you know, on the money they've put in. And it's, it's going to be interesting. I mean, what do you think about Mel Morris staying on as a consultant? You know, according to reports, anyway, what Mel Morris staying on as a consultant, whatever that means, <laughs> he can't let yeah, go, can he? No, but to be to be honest, if I was a Derby fan and I had the money that Mel had, I would probably have ended up doing pretty much exactly the same as what he's done. You know, um, I think his, his reign sort of, it didn't start off as well as it could have been. And then he's ended up spending the last couple of years trying to make back what he's lost in a sense of for the club, because, you know, you, you remember under, under Clement, we spent so much money yeah. and even, you know, even under Lampard and, you know, Philip Cocker ended up taking the brunt of that. <laughs> and we've, we've, we've ended up having to do all these things to try and keep ourselves sort of under financial fair play not getting points deductions and everything like that. Mm. Um, I think that he'll be a really good asset with regards to the takeover because he knows the club. Obviously, he knows it inside out because he's owned it for a fair while. Yeah. And I, I think it will be really helpful, especially for the Sheikh as well, to, to work out what to put his money into as well. Mm. You know, I think what you mentioned about the academy players, the Sheikh might not be too interested in that when he sees it on the surface. But when he realizes that if he keeps, you know, pushing for academy players and all of a sudden we can sell one for like eight million when it's cost us pretty much nothing. Yeah. I, I think he'd be a little bit more supportive of it because I've, I, you know, I've heard from people in the academies that the next generation of players is even better than the ones we've got now. <laughs> so if, if, if they're as good as that, you know, he's going to keep pushing for that and we're going to, we'll end up making money from those players. And, you know, I, I think with, with Mel, it's, it's one of those where you look at it from one perspective that, you know, he's, he, when he bought the club, we were in a really good position mm. and, you know, we were one game off the Premier League and you look at us now and we don't own a ground. I, I can't remember if we own the training ground or not anymore. I don't, I think, um, I don't know if there's a, I think there's been a, a loan taken out on the, on the yeah. uh, training ground as well, hasn't there? It's a bit. Yeah. It's, it's, it's just a little bit like, you know, it feels like we've taken a gamble and it's really come back to bite us, but, with these new investors, I think it would be really useful having someone that knows the club around. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I get what you're saying there. Um, I just hope he doesn't get too involved, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Let the owners do what they want to do. Advise. Mm. That's my only worry, you see, is the fact that he's still there advising. And I don't want him to sort of blur their judgment on manager. That's why part of me thinks yeah. McLaren's going to come back because that's all Mel Morris <laughs> has had success with is McLaren. yeah. Do you know what I mean? You know, apart obviously apart from Lampard, but McLaren last time came in 
when we're in a similar situation, obviously not rock bottom, but we were hovering above the 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 top, the bottom three. Yeah, came in, dragged us up to the playoffs, and then yeah. obviously for whatever reason, you know, didn't back him or didn't, you know, he wanted to stop. You know, he wanted Rowett before someone else, you know, someone else came and, and took him. But why I don't yeah. know. I think you would have had a better coach there already. But yeah, I, I just I've just got this horrible feeling that he potentially could go back to to McLaren, which, like I said, you know, I, I'll be all for it. But as a coach not as a manager or a director of football, mm. let him deal with stuff, you know, let, let Wayne Rooney or, or, or John Terry or, or, you know, I'm mean, naming players here or Paul, whoever, let whoever the next yeah. manager is deal with all the on stuff, get a director of football in to deal with everything else. Because I think Philip Koku managed everything. He managed yeah. absolutely everything in that club, you know, and it, it was, I think it's, it's too much to take on. I, I definitely much. think he needed yeah. somebody there to say, look, I'll, I'll do all this. Just you, just deal with the stuff on the pitch, uh, yeah. and I'll do all the background stuff. But it is where it is. So, just quickly, then, um, before we say goodbye to Jake, um, are you looking forward to Saturday, Bristol City away, the return of Chris Martin? <laughs> oh, I know, I know. That's how I feel as well. Well, if he's not got COVID, if he can actually play, yeah. but um, yeah, I, I'm. To be honest, it's half and half. I'm, I, was, I was speaking to someone about this earlier, actually. I'm really excited for the game because I think it sort of starts a bit of a... It feels like a bit of a new era, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, we've got all these players that we've never even seen play in real life. You know, we've got, um, we've got players... We've got, like, a, a new manager coming in. We've got Wayne Rooney as our manager, yeah. which feels incredibly weird to say. <laughs> and, you know, we're playing against Chris Martin. So I yeah. think it's going to be one of the weirdest games in a while. But, you know, I'm... I'm I'm excited for it. I hope it goes well. I, I think if it goes badly, I think that's when things will start to fall apart a little bit, especially on social media. But I, I am excited. <laughs> Who are they going to blame, though? <laughs> okay. Yeah, I know. Saturday, I know. 5 o'clock, hashtag it. Rooney out. That, that would be the only thing. <laughs> <laughs> Can't be having that. It's an one game. <laughs> yeah, so, but yeah. I'll be optimistic. I, I, I'm optimistic. I'm feeling, I'm feeling a bit of potential victory could be, a, could be on the cards. Just... You know what I mean? That 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 new manager feeling as you always get. You know what I mean? Yeah. I remember when yeah, John Gregory it... first took over Derby. And we played awful. <laughs> we played against Tottenham. We played awful. We shit asked a one nil win. And it was like, yes, new manager effect. <laughs> <laughs> That's what's gonna yeah. happen. I'm telling you now, Rooney's gonna come off the bench. He's gonna come off the bench <laughs> and pop a free kicking or something like that. <laughs> oh, it's gonna be like gigs when he was at United and he subbed himself on. <laughs> going to end up being like that isn't it <laughs> oh no i forgot about that yeah it is oh no we can't have that surely not it's going to be it's going to be you know it's going to be a very i think obviously the takeover is supposed to be imminent you know this next couple yeah. of days we're hoping um you know then we obviously we'll take it from there i suppose you know that's all, that's all we can really say isn't it but yeah anyway jake um thank you very much for your time thank you for coming on the show um, next up for you guys in part two, I will be joined by Salam Hafez, who is a former BBC uh, uh, journalist uh, who worked out in the Middle East, and he's going to tell us about our new potential owners. So stick around. Hello, welcome back to part two, where I'm joined by former BBC broadcast journalist Salam Hafez. Salam, good evening. Welcome to the show. Uh, are you well? I'm um, all good. Thank you, Simon. Uh, pleasure to be here. 
Oh, it's a pleasure to have you on. Now, Salam, you've done a heck of a lot of work in the Middle East. Uh, that's where you were based as a journalist. Um, so hopefully <laughs> we've brought you on here so you can tell us all about, our, well, what's looking now to be our potential new owner, Sheikh Khalid. I cannot remember the rest of his name because it's so long. <laughs> um, it looks like it's happening. And the name actually, um, it had a lot of people confused, including people in the Arabic press, because there is an identical Sheikh Khalid bin Rashid's um, uh, bin Zayed, sorry, uh, Khalid bin Zayed. Um, it, the deal looks like it's happening. Um, we, we are talking about large amounts of sum, but I don't think it'll be anything as close as to what Manchester City had. Yeah. Um, the way you need to look at this is look at the different branches of the family. Right. And uh, there was a split in the branches of the family in about the 50s after um, a dispute, a political dispute that took place. Um, when it was a Jewish states at the time. Yeah. Um, so you had the UAE, uh, various states like Abu Dhabi, Dubai, Sharjah, Mulkwain, all the seven of them, in a dispute with Saudi Arabia. Right. And uh, this is where the split happened. So um, when we look at the family tree of uh, Sheikh Khalid, um, he's, he's a sucker, and the ruling family of Abu Dhabi um, is a sultan. Right. Even though they share the, great, the same grandfather, the, the, the offshoots means one of them ends up ruling uh, Abu Dhabi, which is the capital of mm -hmm. the United Arab Emirates. And um, the other is, um, you know, it's in Dubai, it's in Sharjah, it's in the Northern Emirates. Mm -hmm. And when we look at it, is he still royalty? He is royalty. Um, he is still very well connected. The Bin Zaid group is a huge group. However, it's a private company, so the financials aren't going to be there for everyone um, to look at. But he's married into royalty, so he's married into the ruling family um, in the Northern Emirates. And just looking at um, the kind of, I mean, there's about eight, eight or nine different companies that fall under the Bin Zayed group. The portfolio is, is all the way from Pakistan, India to Egypt. Uh, there's investment in Saudi Arabia, there's investment in infrastructure, um, construction, residential. And, you know, it was created in 88, but I saw a massive expansion in the right. 90s. And uh, this is what we found ourselves. Is there money behind them? There has to be. Yeah. Is there UAE backed money? I would assume there is. And journalists in the UAE on the grapevine seems that there is a bit of money. Otherwise, they wouldn't go through uh, with it. And there wouldn't be that interest, especially with the with the past bid, uh, bids for Liverpool and Newcastle. Yeah. So obviously, Sheikh uh, Sheikh Khaled is, is going to be running this, but it sounds like it's going to be a consortium, um, which I take it is obviously other members of uh, the the Bin Zayed group. Is is that correct? Is that is that is that what I'm thinking? Is that right? It, well, it's it's more of an an investment management company. He's got two financial advisor advisors on the board of the group. Mm -hmm. um, what, what, what we assume is that he's got backers. We just, we really just don't know who they are, but you can imagine that there will be quite heavy pitters. Yeah. And they will be either part of the UAE ruling family from the Northern Emirates um, or big um, companies that, that are behind it. Yeah. And I also, I, I, I would believe, and other people would believe, that Abu Dhabi would not green like this um, for another royal um, to another group from 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 the country to um, 
to, to to actually bid for a football club. I mean, yeah. for them, the, the the public relation image, the um, everything needs to sink from the same end sheet. Yeah. Everything everything is controlled. Everything needs to be a unified image. Everyone, you know, they've got their own Malcolm Tucker working there. Yeah. So uh, I'm sure it wouldn't be. Um, it would be something that there would have been a lot of thought behind. Mm -hmm. There would be money behind, and would have had would have had the backing of of, of Abu Dhabi, the yeah. capital of the UAE. So that's good news. <laughs> that's really oh, good news. It's good news. I wouldn't look at. I, I wouldn't say it's bad news at all. I mean, um, it's definitely something positive. It's definitely something more than than what Mel could have been able to do with the club. Yeah. Uh, with with his position but this is definitely i mean the the projects are, i just had a look at the projects some of them are yeah a billion and a half here a half a billion there two billion there so do you have a lot of projects it's not yeah. it's not his money no. it's investment money that he manages and obviously they have a portfolio i was just having a look at the arabic pages and, and there's a, a big massive recruitment drive for his group on the arabic pages there's a lot of um um announcements from from Egypt regarding um, uh, massive developments of 50, 60,000 villas, uh, a golf course, a hospital, infrastructure, um, uh, business parks. And I also noticed there's also investing in grassroots football in a couple of Middle Eastern countries. So all in all, it looks like it's diversification of a portfolio that's actually being, being used to um, press ahead with quite quickly at the moment. And what about, um, obviously, it said that it was related to Sheikh Mansur. They said it was his cousin or, or something like that. Is, is this correct or are we thinking the wrong sort of wrong lines here? He would be, um, he would be his, well, his, he would be his second cousin. Yeah. Still the same family. They still meet up over a turkey on Christmas. <laughs> But it's his second cousin. It's not a direct cousin. Right. So the great grandfather, the grandfathers are the, the, the brothers. Ah, right. I see. So there'd be no sort of conflicting things or, and, and whatnot. Um, there wouldn't. Uh, if you look at the money of um, Abu Dhabi, it's pretty much Abu Dhabi money. I think with, with, with Sheikh Khalid, this would be Dubai, Northern Emirates, and private finances. Yeah going behind the, the deal but again this wouldn't be this would be green lighted to, yeah. to go ahead cool so obviously one of the issues then i think that brought up with obviously you know the the, the takeover was obviously the the human rights issues in the U, the uae and, and and whatnot and they, they seem to think you know people have got this image that the uae you know is horrendous when it comes to you uh, obviously human rights and um i you know there's there's absolute deplorable things that happen you know, on the streets, you know, behind, beheadings and, 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 and hangings and all this thing, you know, you know, women can't do this. And, uh, you know, is this true or, you know, is, is it been sort of dramatized a bit? I, I think there was a, um, a problem of confusing the United Arab Emirates with Saudi Arabia. Right. Um, the, the two nations, even though they, they share a border and they're part of the Gulf uh, Corporation Council, mm -hmm. they, they seem, they're, 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 miles, they're miles apart. Yeah, um, I've, I've lived in the UAE. I've worked at the local newspaper there, The National. I've um, I've worked for I worked out of Dubai. I've I got married in the UAE. It's um, I remember 
it's, it's essentially where a lot of um, the football clubs go for the um, winter training camps. Yeah. Because you've, you've got excellent, excellent infrastructure, uh, hotels. Um, you can obviously, I mean, politically, the UAE wants to be leading the way in the Middle East. Uh, they're, they're constantly reforming their laws. I, 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 don't, I don't think there are problems as in personal liberties like you, you would think. I mean, there's, there's over a million Brits in Dubai. Um, I've had more fun going out in, in Dubai than I have in, in, in London, for example. Yeah. Um, a, lot of, a lot of the footballers, a lot of the clubs go there for the winter training camps because the infrastructure is there. They, the quality of life is there. A lot of Brits uh, decide to retire there. They move there. So um, I don't think there's that problem that people seem to assume um, that, that you would get with Saudi. And reading some of the comments on Twitter, they seem to confuse it with the Taliban. So it's completely <laughs> yeah. different. I mean, this is this is like the number the number two holiday destination for Brits after Florida. Yeah. If it wasn't such a uh, a tolerant liberal place, I, I don't think the Brits would flock there no. uh, in the second largest number after Florida. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I personally, you know, my auntie, she went to Dubai and she said it was the best place she's ever been. She said everybody waits on your hand and foot. You know, they are the some of the nicest people that, that they've ever met. You know, this, so when when it when it came about, there was like massive human rights issues and and things like that. It it didn't. I thought, really, that's not the image I got. Well, every country has its issues, and some some would say about um, um, you know, I really don't want to get too politically involved, but you you cannot compare apples and oranges. Yeah, and I think. People are really confusing the whole thing there. Um, and secondly, this is this is really positive because we're talking about um, a businessman from Dubai mm. who has definitely has a lot of connections, who's definitely got um, royal family back in. So he'll, there will definitely be a lot of these sort of interlinked corporations and developments and business and, and, and investment. Yeah. And I think that's only a positive for the club. Yeah, I mean, Mel, obviously, he said if he was to sell, it would be someone that, can continue to take care of the club. You know, he's not just going to give it to any Tom, Tom, Dick or Harry, you know, and obviously to, I think we were all shocked. We did not expect, you know, and, and, you know, didn't really, ex we, 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 I think we sort of knew a takeover was coming, but we didn't expect the sort of vast takeover this could potentially be. And obviously we were all thinking Man City um, sort of levels of takeover, you know, obviously you're here, you're clearing that up. It, it will be big, but not that big. But obviously, like you said, he's a businessman. You know, at the end of the day, he's going to want what's best for him, and what's best for him means what's best for the club. I definitely agree. And um, also, reading about statements made by the takeover group, if you look at um, at the Newcastle, the, the only statement that came out from them was after it failed completely, or after it fell through completely. So I think that they're a professional, they're a professional group. They're not going yeah. to be issuing out statements for the sake of issuing out statements. Um, again, I, only, only a positive for the club. I can only yeah. see uh, this working out um, as, as a positive. I would, I would assume there'd probably be a lot more, you know, winter training camps for the club yeah. out in Dubai, um, maybe a, a preseason tour. I can see a lot of more um, investment coming in from various groups, but um, especially with the expansion of the Binzad group that I'm seeing at the moment, 
it looks like there is money behind the group. Yeah. And I wouldn't be surprised to see if there's other parts, other members of the royal family that come from Dubai, Ras al-Khaimah, the Northern Emirates. Yeah. But we'll wait and see. Um, <laughs> but it's looking positive, but we, we'll still have to wait and see. So just, I, I know this might sound a bit random, but do, are, they, are they big fans of football in the UAE? And, and you know, is the Derby fans out there? <laughs> there, there are Derby, Derby County fans out there. My brother-in-law is one. Um, there's a there's a, a Derby County supporters club that means at the that meets at Groves in the house for for pints during games. So any Derby fans that want to go on holiday, don't worry, you can still get a pint. Um, and uh, yeah, there's a lot of Derby County fans. I I um, in between jobs, I freelance for Al Ahly Football Club, and it was during the Fabio Cannavaro period. Mm. Yeah. So I worked with Fabio Cannavaro quite closely while I was doing a bit of PR for um, industry colleagues. Yeah. It, they're absolutely football mad. <laughs> absolutely football mad. They love their football. They have their own league. They're, um, um, they live and breathe football. They all have local clubs as well as international clubs. Um, you get B in sports there 24-7. Uh, the games are watched live. The the pubs and the cafes for non-drinkers are open all night to watch all sorts of football. It's, it's massive. Football is huge there. Most of uh, most of the big clubs have academies there. Yeah. Yeah. Man City have one. Manchester United have one. Arsenal have one. So football is absolutely massive. And you need to look at the UAE. UAE has a massive transient population from around the world. Yeah. And that's big for them. That's big because if, you, you know, if suddenly you have 200 300,000 kids who support man city who come from all over the world and they will be spending money in the future on the club yeah so for them that's that's key um so it's, it's, that that that's the target audience that they want to have so there's there's access and that's something that's um, actually that's a positive um for being um you know an a uae um ownership yeah so when it comes to sort of Obviously, Derby have been FFP and all this. We, you know, being in the championship, you have to abide by them, which means obviously they're going to have to bring in money to spend money. Essentially, have they? Do you think they'll have the contacts to whether it's you know putting a sponsor on the stadium, etc., things like that? Do you think they'll have the contacts to be able to make a lot of money to be able to spend 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 big and and obviously you know January transfers coming up and you know we'd like to obviously see them in before then, which I'm sure we will. You know, will, will we have some money to sort of spend? Well, you mentioned earlier that Mel is very keen on having having the club in safe hands. Mm. And um, Sheikh Khalid is seen by someone um, that's a dealmaker. Um, he also has a, quite a massive portfolio of various different things, from aluminium to real estate to interior decoration. So he, he knows he knows how to handle his businesses. And I think he, he does have the access yeah. to a lot of different groups and people to be able to be the deal maker and, and work in that sort of environment that's actually you know quite fast yeah. moving so um you know as mel said he's happy to give clubs in good hands and i reckon it would be yeah no i agree I, it does sound it you know because obviously i think when it first came out everyone was buzzing then we were sort of like oh this might not be it might be a sort of for was at forest sort of job but obviously you've come here now you've sort of settled us all down again now hopefully we go yes it is uh, a positive 
<laughs> so if it goes if it goes to if it goes to pot, we're all blaming you. <laughs> I'm still trying to figure it out. Just now, <laughs> uh, obviously, you're a Derby fan yourself. I am. Yes. How, how did that? Are you from Derby, or or you know, you just sort of how did how did you become a Derby fan? Yeah. Question. Uh, my brother-in-law was involved with the club, and um, at a young age, uh, he used to take me up from London to to the games. Yeah. And I remember one game we got back on the train and the old team got on. Um, it was like uh, Paul Kitson, Tommy Johnson, Mark Pembridge. And I remember they were getting absolutely shit-faced. And one of <laughs> I can't say that, sorry. Yeah, you can. It's fine. It's all right. We don't mind it on here. It's fine. Um, and um, I remember having that bond. And I think Simo was there. Yeah. So I remember having that bond from a young age. So... Um, by the time I was university, I had a season ticket and I'll just go follow the Rams all over the country. And yeah, <laughs> oh, it just stuck with me. Absolutely love that. Stuck with me. So it means something to you then. It, you know, this 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 is personal to you as well. And obviously with, with Koku being sacked, I mean, first of all, what are your thoughts on that? You know, was it, did you think it was inevitable? Was it the right time? You know, should we have Mello given him a bit more time or what do you think? Um. Well, I honestly, I mean, I've listened to your podcast and I think I'm, I mirror what everyone says when it, we would have all have loved it to have seen it work for Philip. It would have been brilliant for it to work on the project. Yeah. Uh, I just hope that someone comes along with the same sort of project to, mm. to build something sustainable, yeah. to build something that works and not the boom and bust sort of um, uh, methods or business models that we've had. I, I mean, that's something that we're definitely keen on. And I think Philip Koku has carried himself like a true gent yeah, throughout yeah. the period. So it would be sad to see him go. It's actually quite sad not to have had a proper goodbye from him. Yeah, um, it's, it, yeah, it is, I think, because it's just sort of come out of blue and, you know, it, it's it's weird. It's one of the, the nicest sort of, <laughs> sort of, you know, sackings we've had, you know, it's, 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 it's crazy. It really is, you know, that, and I think that's just testament to his character, really of who he is um, right, so, I mean, we, we were lucky to have him at the club but we really don't know what happened towards the end it just felt mm. I mean the players were there but the results just and the performances which just weren't happening no they were it's just it was just it just fell apart really didn't it and um, um, I mean you obviously who mentioned I would like it. to see you are, I'm, a big, I'm a big fan of uh, Mac football so yeah. I'm not sure Mac free would be a good thing for me. <laughs> You'll have people after you start saying that. I know personally because I've said it. <laughs> it does. In fairness, yes. Um, I mean, well, yeah, you've you've had, you've answered my next question. Why you said it? But yeah, I mean, who really? Who would you like? Because okay, we can go. We can go two ways. We can go fantasy. You know, you know, who would you like as your next manager? Or reality, who you think will probably end up, or or or, or you who you'd like to see. We could we could we could discuss this um, until the decision is made, mm. and have hundreds of pages on Twitter discussing this. Yeah. I, I think I think once the announcement is made, we know exactly which direction the club's going yeah. and how much money there will be behind um, the club. I wouldn't mind personally having someone who knows the lower leagues, like uh, like Cook, yeah. who can get you know who motivate the players, um, plays attractive football. But then I honestly think if you're going to raise the, the profile, I mean, Derby's already, you already have a high profile. Yeah. Uh, we still televise quite a lot of times globally through being sports. 
Lampard raised the profile, Rooney's raised the profile. Um, our football during the uh, McLaren days uh, first raised the profile. So the, yeah. the club is known. People know the history. Yeah, yeah. Uh, people know the history of football, and a lot of people follow English football. So um, honestly, I think it'll be someone who's who has a, who has a profile. Yeah, someone that will kind of be in line with the investment group and what they want to achieve. Do you think they could possibly? persuade Mr. Rafa Benitez that seems to be someone that's quite high on everyone's list obviously I think they wanted him at Newcastle they were going to keep him to stay would they be able to convince him to come or is that maybe a step too far oh god <laughs> how much would you pay Rafa Benitez <laughs> um I really wouldn't know what's, what's your take on this I don't know obviously I I, I you know, obviously he's in China at the moment. He's earning a massive wedge, whether he's happy or not. You know, there's rumours he wants to come back to England. Can we afford him? Again, you know, again, it goes down to the takeover and, and how much the, the new owners or, new sorry, new investors is the called at the minute until they're officially done. Um, how much they're willing to, to put behind the club. And, you know, if Rafa could do a job, well, obviously, you know, we saw him rip the league apart with Newcastle. He did he, have a lot of money to spend. Yes, exactly. And, and, this I, is, and this I think, is the thing. and I don't think we're going to have that kind of money no. uh, due to PNS. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, and I think that's where we're at. It, again, it, it, it's nice that you know, it's, well, more than nice. It's 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 brilliant that we've got a backing from, like, say, a shake, you know, and there is money there. But obviously, whilst we're currently in the championship, we've still got to be smart about it, and we've still got to sort of, you know, be be careful and, and make sure we're not overspending. Otherwise, we end up in the same position again. Yeah, true. Can we, can we say the, uh, the Chris Martin word? Yes, we can. We can. See, I, I think, I think we, we really don't need to spend much. I reckon someone like Chris Martin or in the, in the mold <laughs> of Chris Martin. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, I mean, why not? He might come back, you know. But, I mean, obviously, we're after um, Serda Derson, who is a similar type of player. Obviously now Koku's not here. Um, would we still be interested in him? Because obviously it was Koku's player that you know Koku had identified. Um, again, it, it depends, I suppose, on who the manager is, or it might be a decision that the scouts go, look, you're playing a similar system. Let's go get him, you know, because he will be cheap because he's only got six months of his contract left. And I think again, it, it brings up so many questions. It's obviously new manager, new new tactics. Um, new style of play, new formation. It, it, you just at the moment everything's in a bit in limbo, and that's true. But if you look, like if you look at the squad that um, any potential manager is going to inherit, it's, it's still lacking that focal nine. Mm. It's still lacking that focal point. Oh yeah, without. And that. I think um, Serda would fit in that mold, same as you know any any striker that would fit in that mold. I mean, we have the players at the squad. We've got the youth. Um, just looking at the academy, there's 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 amazing fullbacks uh, we, we have Ebiseli mm -hmm. and Archie Brown I've absolutely enjoyed watching the academy this season and yeah. last season so I, I, th I think the squad is there just you know getting the focal point up front and and hopefully we can climb up that table yeah and I think I believe that's where we're at I don't think we've got a poor squad uh, I've said this to Jake uh, earlier on in the show we've not we've not got a bottom of the league squad I just think we're missing whether it be obviously, like say the number nine, or whether it be that spark from a manager. I mean, obviously, the talk at the minute is Wayne Rooney. What you know? What are your thoughts on that? 
Um, do you think he's ready? Um, Lampard, when he came in, he had um, all these coaching badges and nine months at the Chelsea Academy. Mm. He also came in with a with a strong team with experience, but, yeah. but currently Chelsea's number one team. So having the right people around Rooney might work, yeah. especially having a, a global name like his. Mm. But it's about having the right structure, I think, especially if you're going to go down that Rooney route. Yeah, and I think that's, you said it there, having the name, you know, because obviously for a new owner, that is attractive. You go with Derby County, we've got money behind me and we've got Wayne Rooney as our manager. You know, we saw, we saw immensely what it did having Lamp. We were in the news every day, pretty much under Lampard, you know. Yeah, international press as well. Exactly. You know, our name was out there. And again, it does sort of, you know, Wayne Rooney's up for it. Wayne Rooney wants the job. That's fine. Um, I, you know, and who can blame him? Um, I, I was sort of touting it on as well, because obviously, apparently we're interested in John Terry. Why not have a John Terry, Wayne Rooney comedy? I like that idea. Yeah, you see? <laughs> yeah, I like that. Uh, I mean, John Terry's got his badges and he's got the experience and he's got a promotion as an assistant. So it, it don't, don't mind it at all. I mean, whoever comes in next, I just, you know, I would wish him all the best and I hope they're successful. Because ultimately it would mean success yeah. um, Derby County. Yeah, and, and that's the thing. I mean, obviously, the, the, the takeover, the, the, I believe they've been in talk since May, according to some newspapers. Um, and he's not, you know, and he's coming now. And I'm surprised. I think, obviously, a lot of people were getting a bit worried that we are sat at the bottom of the league. Why would, you know, a, a, a new owner want to take a club that sat at the bottom of the championship and isn't playing particularly well? You know, because obviously he's going to want to come in and he's going to want success. That's true. But I think this, I mean... It may look like it, but as you know, 10 results in a row in this league can change it on oh, yeah. its head. And it's, it's still 11 games in. Mm. Um, ten. If we do a run like um, like a you know a Stephen McLaren run, yeah. we, we can just shoot up at the league. Then suddenly we'll be talking about getting into the final playoff position towards the end of the season. Mm. So it's all to play for. Especially, but the thing is, if you're looking at investors, they're not looking at it short term. <laughs> Especially if you, if you look at Manchester City, Manchester City was a project. That was a long-term project for brand Abu Dhabi. Yeah. Um, it changed parts of uh, Manchester around. But if you're looking at it as an investment, as an investor coming in from with a group, fronting a group, from let's say the UAE, they're looking for a long-term project. They're not looking for this season or next season. They're going to look where are we going to be in five years. Where are where are we going to be in ten years? Yeah. What will this mean to our brand or our partners in this? What would it mean for the infrastructure? How is the investment going to work? How how do we? There's a lot of things to look into instead of just why would someone want to come in to invest in the club bottom of the league? First of all, there's a history behind us. Mm -hmm. There's there's a we have a reputation. We're well known and we can fill a stadium up with 33,000 people through in the Premier League. Yeah. So we're not a small club. No, without a doubt. And I think there's there's also room to expand as well, the 33,000 at Pride Park. You know, and I like how you say, actually, the Man City thing, yes, it was a project because they didn't get instant success. They spent a heck of a lot, but they had Mark Hughes in charge. Um, and it wasn't until, uh, was it Manch uh, Mancini? Yeah. Was it Mancini who won the league with them? Yeah. You know, I'm pretty sure it was, yeah. <laughs> quick Google. Yeah, quick Google. No, but you know what I mean? It didn't it didn't happen overnight. They bought a lot of players and it took the time. Then they got Pep Guardiola in, and you know, that is where they started shooting to new heights. And now 
everybody wants to watch man you know watch man city you know because of the style of football they play you know they've got a great manager in there but yeah no one thinks of it like that everyone thinks of it as now but this has been 10 years in the making you know a decade it's all started man city was it was changed from top uh, from bottom to top mm. um i remember because i was working in abu dhabi at the time and I knew a couple of the PR people that were working with them, with the Abu Dhabi government and Man City. And I, you know, I would, I would listen, I would hear to what's going on. And every single position in that club um, from all the staff was actually studied. It was, it was planned. Everything, they were very methodical about every single step they did with the club. Everything was, was strategically sort of implemented. Yeah. So you know, if you're looking at a big group coming in, they'll be looking at every single aspect of the club, not just immediate results and immediate success. Sure, that's great. Yeah, 10 wins on the trot, mid-table, fantastic. Puts you in good stead for next season. But still, they'll, they'll be planning that will that we'll really go in deep behind the club. What are your thoughts on Mel Morris staying on as a consultant? Um, it, it'd be great. Uh, it'll be, be good to still have uh, the, the local ties to the club. Um, I think he's learned a lot uh, from his time at the club. He's probably learned from his mistakes. Yeah. Um, and, I, and I think if he's there as a consultant, that's, that's a positive thing. Yeah. No, I've got to say, because obviously, you know, you know more than me about, about the business, about the group. Um, I didn't know if there was a sort of group that went, why would I want you? Why would I want you? Do you know what I mean? <laughs> you know, you get me. Do you know what I mean? Why would Why don't you get involved? So it's our club now. It's yes, but still, the group it's so wide, so wide, and it's it's had so many projects and so many people, different people investing with it. Yeah. But we're still not sure um, where's the main backing coming from. If you tell me tomorrow, it's it's basically Dubai money. Yeah. I will tell you exactly where the group is going. Yeah, yeah. they'll be going more likely towards the Man City sort of model. But if you tell me it's sort of Ratzelheimer uh, model, and um, it's the Ratzelheimer backing with different businessmen, it will be more of a you know Sheffield Sheffield United. So yeah. it's still, we know the good intentions are there, mm. and this is what I wanted to come on and say: the good intentions are there. It's not going to be something that's you know a play or play thing. It's yeah. going to be something that's you know that's that, that's had a lot of thought and a lot of planning. And obviously, strategy with a goal um, in the end. Yeah, I mean Sheffield United is not a bad place, is it? Really, Let, let's be honest. You know, they're they, the they've flown up the lead. They're in the prem. You know, so exactly. You know, it, I think we can just see now that all this is now it, it's a positive thing that's happening to to Derby. You know, we've had we've had what five six years now of near success um, off on the pitch. But off it, financial-wise, we've sort of suffered. Um, and I guess that the only way we can sort of get back on track, it, I suppose, now is is with no owners and, and, and what they are sort of, you know, what they can do for us. That's definitely true. And um, I don't... I mean, is there... Does the FFP get reset with new owners or...? I'm not sure. When I had Ryan on uh, from The Athletic, he was telling me that when you get a takeover, I think it's something like the first £8 million is sort of yours. You, you, it, it's weird how it works, but I think you get like a... a bad, because obviously, it, it's, there's going to be no incentive for someone to come take over a football club that hasn't then can't spend any money, in my eyes. But I think 
obviously, you know, if they're putting money into club, I believe it's the first eight million pound that you get. You can have them, you know, as as, as money sort of thing. To I, I don't quite know how it works. FFP and, and, and well, profit profit and sustainability is is an absolute minefield. So, yeah, I, I believe there will be some money. There will be a little bit, not obviously vast sums that we all you know that we've all seen Mel spend before, but there will be some to sort of spend. And obviously, I'm not I'm not sure either when. Um, obviously, it's a three year rolling three year, and I don't know what year we're in now. Um, so obviously that that's going to come into play as well because we didn't you know we spent what eight million I think it was on Bielik, um last season. Other than that, not a great deal was spent transfer wise. So. It all depends. Uh, does we act? Does we act this season? Yeah, it's two. Was it two and a half, three? About two and a half, three, three million, something like that. You know. So it, again, but if the rumours are true and we sold Jaden Bogle and Max Lowe for eleven million, it sort of evens evens things out. You know, it was the same under Lampard. Um, we sold obviously Vidra for about thirteen, and I think we spent about twelve bringing players in. You know, our problem is wages. Um, that's always been our issue: is paying players. 25 30 grand a week which let's be honest you know you shouldn't a player in the championship should not really be getting that much money um obviously koku has done his best to to halve the wage bill if you like there will be still a few players i imagine like lawrence wisdom who are on you know uh five six figure um salaries per week so you know but it's just you know, I, th- I just think if we go into the transfer market if, if they're sensible then We'll be fine regarding FFP. I think you know we, we, we're all. I think Mel's done his best what he can to sort of bring that down. We've just got to be obviously aware of his amortization policy and obviously how we go about doing that and how the new owners go about doing that. I, I also think it's important for any new owners to come in as ownership of the ground. So um, I don't know if that's part of the deal that's going to remain with Mel, with one of Mel's companies. Yeah, that's the uh, that that's I think been a burning issue as well because um, obviously I think. I think I believe what I read was that um, the the loan he took out of Dell pays the mortgage on the stadium. So I think there was talks regarding between obviously the new owners and and, and yeah. Dell and Mel of how we how, you know because obviously they're going to want the stadium. They're not necessarily going to want Mel or whoever owned it. They're going to want it, you know. So we don't know how much they've bought the club for. There's rumours saying it's sixty million. We don't know that, you know, whether, you know, they might have gone, well, you can buy the club for a pound, but pay me 80 million for the stadium or whatever. You know, we've seen it been done before. We, we just we just sort of don't know that the figures, I'm sure they'll come out once the deal is done. Hopefully it's 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 this week. You know, that's what that's what the, the, the press are reporting that it, it, it should be this week. So fingers crossed. It's not been announced while we're doing this. That'd be a whole <laughs> new podcast, though, wouldn't it? <laughs> Let me check. Like, oh, rewind, start again. <laughs> um, the, the, the one thing I wanted to um, to add, um, if the owner, ownership group comes in, um, but actually I've completely forgot. <laughs> I hate it oh, when yeah, that I, was just, I was just reading, um, just reading, even, even with the Arabic, you can edit that out, but uh, even reading in the Arabic press, um, about the figures and about the statements they've made in the past. Yeah. They've, they've never literally released statements prematurely. They've only ever released statements when mm. a deal was done or something was completing, yeah. completed or something, you know, it's, it, the funding was um, invested. So they, they, they're not in the habit of mm. releasing statements before something is actually cemented. 
but that's just something to keep in mind if yeah for, for anyone who's keen for a minute by minute updates on the situation yeah uh, yeah it, so essentially it's like mel morris for transfers and you know that you know we all know you know we always look on on transfer windows why is nothing happening you know if anybody apart from john percy tweets about a transfer it's not, not happening. <laughs> it's not <laughs> happening. Unless John Percy tweets it, it's not happening. I think, obviously, the Athletic broke the story. Um, so I've got we've got to give them some credibility. They they broke yeah. the story about it, you know, um, and then it's just gone from there. And obviously, the, John Percy tweeted about it, the, the the agreement in principle, and a couple of weeks ago, and then obviously that the AFL have approved it, and it, you know, it's all it's all just ready to go now i'm guessing that the fact that the mel has been isolating has is potentially held things up with the um with with the cause i believe the, the lawyers the last time i, I think uh, ed doors on radio derby uh, thursday i think it was he said or it might have been friday he said that the the contracts were basically in the hands of the lawyers now so again it'd be the finer points won't it and then you know it's just it, yeah, done yeah true and um I, I think any holdup would be behind the various loans or the ground ownership or the loan backs. I sincerely doubt that it will be regarding waiting for the funds to transfer. Yeah. I don't think that will be an issue as some fans have raised on Twitter. Mm. I reckon the funds will be there. They've always been there. The, the, the backers or the investors and the consortium are there. Are there. Mm -hmm. So I don't think the holdup will be from that side. No. Otherwise, it wouldn't have happened so quickly, even yeah. though it's been in discussion since May. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, that's a good thing then. I mean, hopefully now then the club can begin to sort of move forward and get the investors in. Uh, again, manager-wise, it's going to be up to the the new owners. You know, they'll they'll. I would I would assume you know the owners have got ideas in their head of what manager they want when they come in. Um, you know, until then, obviously. We face Bristol on Saturday, potentially, unless they COVID it off. <laughs> um, Wayne Rooney, Liam Senior, Shea Given, and uh, Justin Walker are in charge for that game. I, I asked Jake, so I'm going to ask you, what, what, what are you feeling? Are, are we feeling this is this could be a turning point in the get in this in our season now? Or um, what's the latest on Bristol training ground? Uh, was it closed down because of COVID? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Um, so I'm, so I'm literally just as I was. Um, just before I came on, I was I had a quick look and it, I just saw Bristol City's training ground like it shut down because of COVID. So we don't know the effects of that. Please don't come to the game. It's already been an international break. I don't need another week of our football. <laughs> True. Um, I would I would hope there's the inev inevitable as a Derby fan. I would hope there's the inevitable sort of you know let's let's do this. We're together. Mm. Um, you know you get the fight back. Like would like to see a couple of the academy players and I'd like I'd really. You like, I mean, Buchanan's done amazing, but I'd like to see Archie Brown involved more. Um, yeah, yeah I, I agree. He has been, I, I love watching our academy. It's, yeah, sometimes it's, it's, better, it's better watching the first, to be honest. It really is. It's more exciting at times. But yeah, no, I agree. Uh, Brown has been incredible this season. Um, again, Stretton as well. It'd be nice Stratton. to see the game, even oh, from the mean, bench. If you ever want to make your name, now's the time. Really. Exactly. If he can come in now, bag a few goals. Hello. I, I reckon that's positive. If we can get a couple of the academy coaches involved with the first team until this is resolved, mm. I think that's only a, a, a positive thing. Yeah. Um, get some of the academy players that you know they know they know the coaches, they know the style, they know the the, the players, they know what to expect. 
yeah. instead of the change in the year, the first 11 every every game. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I think we need now, all we need now, I believe, is just some consistency when it comes to team selection and, and just so, you know, that the players know their jobs. They know what they need to do. And again, the, the, the thing I get, you know, you know it, it, yeah, Rooney will be leading, obviously, the, the, the managing on, on Saturday. You know, if he can't get them motivated, then I've lost all hope. <laughs> because let's be honest, you know, it's Wayne Rooney. And he, you know, he's been in change rooms with Alex Ferguson, Sir Alex Ferguson, and he's had the hairdryer treatment. He won't stand for any shit. He will not stand for that. You know, so potentially this, this for him as well, is going to mean everything. If he wants the job as manager, this is going to be his biggest test, I feel, these next would couple you, of games. Would you think some of the team leaders have been, were somewhat shackled by Philip Koku? Players like, you know, Wayne Rooney or Davis can't give the hairdryer treatment to the fellow professionals. I've never seen uh, Curtis Davis so quiet. You actually bring up a good point there because, yeah, that's a really good point because Koku was never one for... The Athletic reported today that, you know, basically, you know, they reported a lot of inside stuff. Really good read. Um, I'll, I'll check it out now. Yeah, the um, really good read that was. And basically, you know, Koku was, we all thought that maybe he was quiet outside, you know, when he was doing his interviews. And then inside, he was like a, you know, a bit more fiery, but he wasn't. When we lost to Blackburn, it was Rooney who gave the, the, the bollocking after the game. Okay. So, yeah, potentially you're right that maybe he did sort of, not want to see his, you know, fellow teammates having a go at other teammates. You know, maybe it's just, obviously it just wasn't in his demeanour. So, yeah, I like you. That's a great point you brought up there. Beth. Yeah. So anyway, cool. we're going then positive, positive for Saturday. Certainly. Definitely. We're going to get the win. We're going to get the second win of the season. <laughs> it's horrible saying that, isn't it? After eleven, twelve games. First of ten in a row. Yeah. Yes, hopefully. Then they can climb up and everything's going to be good. You know, and it's going to be, we're going to end up, we're going to end up in the, we're going to end up in the Premier League this year. That's what's going to happen. We're going to finish top six. Everything's going to go, everything's going to go well here. You know, we're going to end up top six, uh, Premier League, and then we're going to have multi millions of pounds and then we're going to start playing for Europa League spots like Wolves did. That's what, maybe that's what we need to do. Pick a country and buy all their players. Ah. <laughs> uh. What's left? Let me have a look at the risk board. <laughs> uh, yeah, sounds good. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully it all changes from this Saturday. Yeah, I, I hope so. Fingers crossed. Anyway, Salam, you've been absolutely brilliant. Thank you for all your you. inside knowledge. It's been it's been brilliant. Thank you thank for you. having me. Thank you, thank you so much. Um, for those of you who listen, thank you very much uh, for listening. I hope you enjoyed the show. Uh, remember that you can follow you can follow uh, Salam on, on Twitter. His Twitter tag is Salam underscore Hafiz at. Uh, well, sorry, what is it? He, just, he doesn't know his Twitter tag. That's that's not a good look. I don't tweet that much. <laughs> you don't, but you, you know maybe you should. This could be your calling now. That's it. everyone's going to want to know you now. That's it. You've been on my show. Salam at I don't know whatever Twitter handles are, but yes, I'm on Twitter. He's on Twitter. I'll, I'll tag you. I'll tag him in. It is at Salam Hafez. There you go. Dead <laughs> easy. See? Easy. So yeah, go, go give him a follow, even though he doesn't know his uh, Twitter handle. But yeah, obviously, really, really uh, in, interesting breaking stuff there. Absolutely brilliant. Thank you. Thank you for all that. Um, remember, guys, you can follow me at Ramsright on Twitter. My Facebook page is the Ramsright Podcast, as well as my Instagram page, also the Ramsright Podcast. 
remember to like and subscribe and actually that's we're going to finish this way special now i always say come on darby in my podcast salam can you say it in arabic for us yalla ya darby oh there we go hey yalla. thank you very much for that absolutely brilliant i'll see you next time guys thank you so much for Cheers. listening Stay blue,